Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Snap Out of It Radio Network. Hear all our great shows across the world. Join our community at snapoutofitradionetwork.com. So wake up, stand up, and snap out of it. Empowered Love with author, self-mastery coach, and relationship expert, Melanie Tanya Evans. Take back your power, heal your soul, and set yourself free. Free through Empowered Love. And now your host of Empowered Love, Melanie Tanya Evans. Hi everyone, I'm Mel, and welcome to another Empowered Love radio show. And welcome to all of the listeners and the people that are li- li- uh, excuse me, I'll start again. The people that are listening live, and also the people that pick up these shows in archives. And remember that you can always go to the list of shows and go through them, and you can pick up shows that have been done before because there's just such a host of topics. So the show that I'm going to be doing today is another of the Getting Love Right series. And this show is really, really important. I've been doing newsletters lately on inner child work and about authenticity and about really getting to know ourselves. And this show is a very, very important part of that. So if you do want to call into the show, if you've got any questions uh, for me today, you can ring in on, if you're in the US, 347-989-1262. And if you're outside the US, dial your country's exit code and then put in double one first, dialing into the US. Okay, so in this show today, what we're going to have a look at is this really common thing about when we're trying to get into love relationships and we're really scared to be real. We're really scared to be authentic. So the reasons might have been, if we've been hurt before, it's normal to have fears in regard to creating love. As a result, we try to adapt ourselves to what people want us to be rather than simply being our authentic self. So during this show, you're going to learn how protecting and adapting ourselves never works. And it actually blocks us off from giving and receiving love as well as attracting the very people and things that we fear. Now we all know that. That fear attracts what we fear. So it's very important to get empowered and get out of fear. So during this show, you'll learn not only how safe it is to be your authentic self, but also why being authentically you attracts, creates, and maintains all that you want and what the stark differences are between authenticity and guardedness. Okay. So I really want to share with you a little bit about my personal story and my story with authenticity versus fear. Now, for those of you that know me and know a bit about my story, fear and painful love relationships was a huge part of my reality. And I had programs of fear, absolutely. Now, those of you who do know me know that I really have um, a Kabbalistic, holistic slash spiritual view to empowerment. So, and it's not that I'm particularly into Eastern religions or whatever. Since a very, very young age, I've really had uh, a deep understanding and a knowing of past lifetimes. 
And my belief really is, and I do do this in a very uh, logical, real way, but my belief is that we really do do a series of lifetimes. And what happens if we haven't cleared stuff up that we've experienced somewhere on our timeline, that what happens is we keep re-experiencing, re-attracting the same stuff over and over and over again until we get it right. And you know, in Quantum Freedom Healing, those of you that have experienced this with me, you know that what a lot of that healing system is, is going way back into your timeline where these compromises were originally set up to be able to release them, heal them and change them so that we don't keep unconsciously living out the same patterns. Now really the thing is our goal is to become conscious so that we can understand that we do not want to be controlled by our unconscious programs that keep coming back to bite us. Because I know that when I had been in uh, spiritual and self-actualization and self-work for years and years and years, and what had happened to me was before my catalytic relationship, which was my narcissistic relationship that brought me to my knees, I thought I had it all sorted out. I really thought that I was comfortable on my own, that I, I had it straight, and I was going to be okay. And when you know he came into my life, I really thought, well, this is it. I'm home. I've made it. And I found out that I certainly, certainly wasn't. Now, where I am at now, at a deeper level of self-empowerment and self-awareness, I know I wasn't even close. I thought I was, but I wasn't. And emotionally, I still had a lot of programs of fear running. Now, what can be very, very helpful to us is really understanding our childhoods and really understanding the patterns that have gone on there. Because really, that's a center point. And if you want to see that as a center point, that center point reaches back into where we've been in past lifetimes because what we haven't cleaned up, we're going to meet in our parents. We're a direct match. We incarnate. Parents are a direct match for that. And they resurface again what we need to heal. And of course, we can get some great stuff from our parents. You know, the things that we have got sorted and we are aligned with, our parents are going to supplement that. But the things that we aren't, our parents are going to reflect that back. Now that center point of our parents then reaches forward into what are we going to create in future relationships. And again, the things that we've got right are going to work for us. And the things that we haven't got right, we're going to meet them again. They're going to bring up pain. They're going to bring up our lesson uh, results for us to look at, to go, okay, what is this pattern that I want to change? Now it's very, very usual to have fear around love. Love is a huge thing. Now, love on a DNA level for women used to be literal survival. If you didn't get love right or a connection with a male right, you weren't going to live. Now, as children, love to us equals survival because we're completely dependent on our caretakers. So if we're not getting love and nurturing and our survival needs met, we literally, as child, children, have incredible fears of survival. So just to go back through what my programs of fear were and how they really showed up in my childhood and how they related right back on my timeline and I was still manifesting the same situations over and over again, my programs of fear were a fear of not being trusted. So even from a very, very young child, and especially as a teenager, I had parents that didn't trust me. So even when I was telling the truth and when I was trying to be a good person, they would question me, they would accuse me of lying when I wasn't. 
And what I actually ended up doing was rebelling because I thought, well, you know, if you're going to accuse me of lying and all this stuff that I'm not doing, I might as well do it. So that ended up being very destructive behavior for me. But that was a huge program for me moving forward into relationships where I would have partners that would distrust me. They would distrust my integrity, my fidelity. And for those of you that have been with narcissistic relationships, you know that that really shows up with the projection of the narcissist to all the things that he is doing, he actually accuses you of doing. So I was a perfect match for a narcissist. So even though I thought in everyday life that I was healthy and I was well, I still had that fear and that real aversion to not being trusted. That was a huge big thing that used to push my buttons and really, really upset me. And of course, then I'd hook in and try and prove that I was trustworthy. Having boundaries violated was a very big fear for me because as a child, I didn't have my own personal space. Even as a teenager, if my mum wanted to come into my room and go through every object in my room, it was her right, or so I believed. So I'd been very, very brought up to not understand personal boundaries, not knowing how to set them. And I had this real fear of people crossing my boundaries. I also had a lot of conditional love when I was growing up. It was if something was done for me by my parents, well then it would be, I do this for you, now you have to do that for me. So it was very, very hard for me to accept support because then there was always like a catch to it. There was an agenda to it. So I tried to keep myself separated from people to preserve my boundaries, but I didn't know how to set them. So that was a big fear for me. I also believed it was very, very wrong to stand up for myself. Because when I was standing up for myself, that I would either have love withdrawn and was made to believe that I was unlovable or I'd be criticized or I'd be punished. Now, a lot of women and men can be really carrying this program. So I didn't believe it was okay to have rights. So that was a fear. I was very fearful about standing up, laying boundaries, drawing lines in the sand, having my say, having rights. Consequently, I had a fear that I couldn't look after myself. So even though I was very independent, I was capable of business, I was all of those sorts of things, within love and emotions, I really believed it was somebody else's job to look after me because I hadn't established how to look after myself. So I had a fear that I couldn't look after myself. I was actually quite enmeshed with my parents because, and of course, they, what they were doing with their belief of love and they believed that they were protective and they were caring um, and it was controlling but that was their way, that was their map of the world. So I would go to them with my problems or anything I needed sorted out. I didn't believe I had the resources to sort my own life out. Even though I was very capable in any chosen field that I do. I also believed that if I did try and look after myself that I would be unacceptable. So what would happen in my family is that when I tried to branch away and do my own thing and say, look, I don't need your help on this, well, then the guilt would hit. I'd take on guilt, and I think it was very, very wrong to look after myself. So these were just some of my fears, and you may be able to relate to a lot of these because they're very, very common fears. So then what would happen, I'd had all these fears going, even though I thought I was sorted. I had not sorted them out in my life. I hadn't got empowered on those. So what I would tend to do is to pick strong, capable people, men, or so they appeared in love relationships that I believed would just do the right thing, have my best interests at heart, and they'd protect me from the big bad world 
without me having to assert myself because I had so many fears about asserting ourselves, myself. Now, now obviously, as we know, that when we're meeting abusive, controlling or narcissistic partners, they appear very strong, they appear very powerful. They have a very good way of presenting themselves as if they've got their life under control. So, you know, that was a real match for this. And of course, I didn't have the skills or the knowledge or the ability to be able to decipher who is a healthy partner, who isn't a healthy partner. I didn't have any of those skills under my belt. And I certainly didn't know the height of narcissism or what narcissism was. So this is what I'm saying about fears. It's amazing how many clients that I've spoken to that when we've really identified their fears that they haven't cleaned up yet, that's what you attract. Fear is a very, very powerful energetic vibration statement. Absolutely. And it's our emotional vibration statements that draw to us our reality. So what happens is when we have fear and we walk forward into relationships or we're in relationships with fear, we may fear discussing our vulnerabilities. We may try to modify our behavior. We may withdraw or project rather than be authentic. Now this can even be with healthy partners, but the reality is if we've got fears, there's a strong possibility we are going to be with unhealthy partners because water finds its own level. Now, codependency is a huge part of this. And I was incredibly codependent. And the interesting thing about codependency is originally people just thought it was co-alcoholism. It was growing up in an alcoholic environment that created codependency. It is so much more than that. Codependency really means that we're not an authentic self. We don't know how to be and walk an authentic self. And it really is the belief it's a neediness. Codependency is a neediness. I need something outside me to give me my own wholeness, safety, and solidness. So codependency is the belief that someone someday is going to come into our life and make it all better. Codependency really is the yearning for someone else to take care of you so that you can feel okay. Now that immediately gets precarious and it makes us unsafe because when you understand law of attraction and true energetic reality, you can only create from self and then meet more of you in the world. And when we're meeting more of us, we're either meeting what we're empowered and we're aligned on or what we fear because we're meant to be an authentic self. And what's happened is because we have had childhoods, where we didn't feel that we were unconditionally loved. So in other words, we didn't feel acceptable and okay and loved for who we are. And we didn't feel that we were good enough. So because of those things, we didn't feel okay about ourselves. We actually blamed ourselves and thought we must be defective or unlovable or there's something wrong with us. Because we didn't believe in our own self, therefore we felt that we needed another person to believe in us in order to believe in self. And this can be the codependent quest that goes from love relationship to love relationship is I don't feel okay about me. I don't know how to do that. I haven't established that. So I'm really trying to find somebody that loves me enough and, and believes in me so that I can believe in me. And that's self-defeating and it's powerless. And it ends up scary because it doesn't work. 
So this means that we don't know what it is to be real for ourselves. And in order to try and feel lovable, okay, and worthy, we start to adapt ourselves to another person. We start to try and fit in with them. We try to be them. We try to model them. We try to get approval from them. We try to keep them happy, even as a self-sacrificial process to ourselves, because we try to earn from them that belief in ourselves that they need to provide us with. So this means, really, if we're in that codependent model and we haven't established that I feel okay and I believe in me, we're going to be shame-based. And when we're shame-based, we don't feel whole at our core. And, most, and we all feel shame-based until we thought that out. And therefore, we don't believe that it's okay to stand up. We don't believe it's okay to lay boundaries. And it's okay to deserve to be real about what our truth, our rights, and our deservedness, deservedness is. So what's really going to happen in that framework is, is we're going to feel guilty for asserting these things. We're going to feel it's wrong. We're going to feel it's not okay to say, hang on, my name's Melanie, and these are my rights, and this is my deservedness, and I'm going to be aligned with that. Now, to me back then, that was a million miles away. It really, really was. Because also, too, I'd grown up in an environment, and I'd come from past lives of environments where that was not okay. And in the environment that I did grow up with, with my mother, my mother taught me, that's your father, just go along, keep him happy. Because that's what she did. And, you know, and in a sense, I guess that might have worked for her, it may not have worked for her. But in modern day relationships, we're in evolution now. We are in evolution. We're also in a quickening where the veil between where you're at and an inner level and what you get at an outer level is so much thinner. So you actually can't play games anymore. You cannot not be real and try and get real results. They just don't work. So what's happened in this codependent framework is we feel that we have to hand over our power and our truth in order to be a good person because it's wrong to have rights if we're shame-based. It's wrong to stand up. It's wrong to have our needs met. So what happens is we've believed in the empath model, which means that I'm meant to self-sacrifice and forego my rights. I'm meant to hand over my power. I'm meant to fit in with somebody else in order to be a good person. Now, at a deeper level, we've also had this horrible fear that if we do start asserting ourselves and we do lay boundaries, that we may actually be abandoned, criticized, or have love withdrawn from us, which, of course, hits on our DNA survival programs. Oh, my God, this means I'm going to die. This means I'm not going to survive. And I mean that literally. It's a big unconscious program that virtually everybody has running around love. So what happens is in handing over our power, we may not have looked at it like that. I'm a good person. I give. I care about others more than me. That is handing over your power. It's not about being authentic. And then what happened was we felt devastated when people didn't acknowledge that we're a good person, that we're doing the right thing, and that we should be loved as a result. And the reason for all of that is that in fact what was going on, people reflected back to us what our real inner truth had been on this. And our real inner truth on this has been a lack of self a lack of self-worth, self-respect, 
self-deservedness and self-rights. And if we're living to that model, what we're going to get back from people is going to be confirmation of that. They are not going to respect you. They're not going to value you. They're not going to believe you deserve. And they're not going to respect your rights. Point blank, that's what's going on. So we really have to understand that we've got to get authentic. Because if we're not real and true to ourselves, then we're going to be fear-based, we're going to be adapting ourselves, and we're going to be handing over our power and get all of the results of that. So we have to get vital, vitally, we've got to get real with ourselves. So how do we get real with ourselves? How do we work it out? And I know, I know from my own personal experience I'm working with so many people, you've got to do the work on yourself to do this. You can't just wake up one morning and go, all right, I'm going to be authentic, I'm going to be real. Because unless you've formulated it, unless you've understood it, unless you've dug deep, unless you've really worked yourself out, you're not even going to know where to start. And it's going to feel wrong, it's going to feel foreign, it's going to feel, initially your authenticity is going to feel incredibly non-authentic because you've created your reality as not being real. So to get real without the tools, without the alignment, without getting comfortable with it and putting your consciousness and your focus and your effort into getting better and better at it is not going to work unless you put the work in. And it'd be a little bit like reading a game of tennis on how to hit a great shot and then going out in the court and think you can pull a ripper, you know, um, you can pull a ripper path down the line. You're not going to be able to do it. You've got to build up to it. You've got to train. You've got to work at it. So how we do this is about reading the right material. It's about absolutely committing yourself to doing healings on this or do journaling on this or do a journaling program on this or whatever it's going to take to get the way through that you need to go because you need to ascertain your truth. So one thing that you can do to start really bringing some consciousness into your experience on these topics is you can make a list of where you've been handing your power over. Look at your life. Look at the hot spots. Look at your previous or present relationships where you get that uncomfortable feeling, where you know when you're really honest with yourself, you're not being true to yourself, and when you're handing your power over to keep the peace where you're not stepping through the fear. Because every time you're getting fear on something and you're not acting on it, you are just caving into it and keeping it running in your life rather than feel the fear and do it and change it. Because when you start walking it differently in real time, you're not going to have fear. I promise you, you're not going to have fear. So go through your life, get out your journal, get out a pen. And have a look, where do I minimalize myself? Where do I hand power over? When do I say yes when I really mean no? When do I go along with things that I know are damaging me, but I'm not standing up to them? I'm not changing them. So write as much as you can down about that. Now, what you need to do is look at that list and have a look about what would being real to myself look like? And even though you're not ready to do it yet, Start getting clear about what being real to myself might look like. So, for example, you know, maybe 
you know, with your partner in relationships, you've been making love when you don't want to. You haven't been saying no. Okay, and you know that you're just doing that to try and keep the peace or to get your needs met in everyday life or, you know, or maybe, you know, when a partner is blustering at you, you're just being quiet, you're accepting the blame and then you're just saying, well, how can I fix it? How can I make it better? How can I do it differently next time? Those sorts of things where you feel your energy go down, where you feel your personal power isn't right. So write about that and then turn it around to what would honouring myself mean? And you need to imagine yourself as a person that's got rights, as a person that can honour their emotional vibration. So this doesn't feel right for me. What would feel right for me? And when you do that, you, you really need to know that when you are writing this list, no one else is responsible for providing your realness. You're responsible for providing it. Because other people can only ever supply you with what you're prepared to supply yourself with. You are the creative center of your universe. So remember when you write this list, do not bring other people into it as being, if he did this, I'd feel better about this. If he changed this, you know, if he did this, this is about you, your rights, and how you can create them. They're your job. They're your rights. You are the only person operating in your emotional matrix and your creative center. Nobody else is. People will start reflecting back to you what you create, but they cannot unless you do it authentically. And this is why being an authentic self is so important. Now what you need to do is when you've done this list about what would be right, what would look like my rights, the ability to say no, the ability to not take the blame, the ability to draw boundaries. Now you need to check in with yourself. Do you have a fear of asserting your rights? Are you terrified of being abandoned? Are you terrified of being criticized? Are you terrified about rocking the boat and shattering the peace? Are you terrified of losing other people's love? Are you terrified about dropping the label, I'm lovable because of how much I give to everybody else? And you really need to confront those things and fill into them because there will be reasons as to why you're not standing up for yourself, you're not honoring yourself and it's not working for you. And that's super, super important to start really getting real with yourself about what your fears are. Because the only reason we ever have fear in life is because we, at a deep conscious or unconscious level, know we can't look after ourselves. That's why we have fear. Because when we're actually fully empowered and we know we can look after ourselves and create our reality, we can absolutely get out into life and play with no fear. And I promise you that. Because I've lived both extremes. And you could not give me $10 million to go back to the other way of living because I know how crippling that was and how fearful that was. So you need to confront your fears. You need to get really real with what am I really, really scared about and leave everybody else out of it, okay? Why aren't I laying boundaries? Why aren't I speaking up? Why don't I say no? Why do I do this all, all this sort of stuff? And you might discover that you may feel intense guilt. So do you believe that it's shameful for you to want things and have your needs met? 
really feel into that because a lot of women especially were very programmed through religious structures, through their mothers, that it was very, very wrong to have your own needs. It was selfish. And that is one of the most damaging belief systems that society has created for mankind and especially womankind. Because that needs to be confronted. Because it's that inner guilt, shame-based, deep inner core that creates so many issues in our life. So once you've established that, and these are very, very common things, once you've established that, and check in with yourself. You've got to feel it, okay? When you're asking yourself these questions, don't let your head override it. No, of course I don't feel guilty. Why should I feel guilty? You know, feel your body. Listen to your body. Ask yourself, do I feel guilty? And listen to your body response. Because so much of getting out of codependency is getting out of your head and listening to your truth. We all have a truth. And the thing is with our truth, we can amend it, we can heal it, we can realign it, but you need to understand what your truth is right here, right now, because if you don't, no matter what your head is telling you, you are not going to change your truth. You've got to work at it on an inner level, because that's where it's all going on, and that's your feelings. And that's why I love getting with a journal, getting with a pen, shutting yourself away, spending an hour or two with yourself, and really get to know yourself. Because your head does not know you. Your head tells you stories. Okay? Your emotions know you. Now, if you realize that you've got this guilt, if you've got this shame base that it's wrong, or I've got this fear of being abandoned, or I've got this fear of being criticized, or I don't like conflict, all of those things, if this is a case, you need to work on yourself. Big time. It's really, really important. Because these feelings are not going to go unless you do the work on them. And these feelings are going to keep tripping you up and defaulting you back to handing over your power, which is going to keep you stuck in disappointing relationships for the rest of your life. Now, as a past life believer, the continuum of life and that we're an endless, infinite being that goes, keeps going on and on and on and on, my belief is... If we don't clean it up in this lifetime, we're going to keep doing it and we're going to keep doing it again and again and again and again until we get it right. Now, when I was in the midst of my complete psychotic life and death breakdown, where I actually believed everybody in my life would be better off without me, suicide would have been an easy option if I did not have the belief that if I opt out of this and I don't sort this out, I'm only going to have to come back and do it again. Now, that was the only reason that kept me in the game. Because I knew I'd been doing it for centuries. I'd been doing codependency, relationship disaster, devastation, addiction, and, and annihilation. I'd been doing it for so long. And I knew if I didn't clean it up this time, I was going to come back and do it again. And I thought, no way is that going to happen. It's now or never. So if you can look at it like that and really go... Somewhere on my timeline, I've got to sort this out. I've got to become an authentic self. Because when I'm an authentic self, I'm not going to have fear. I'm going to align with what I want. I'm going to make the right choices. I'm going to know I'm unlimited. I'm not going to try and turn crumbs into cookies anymore. I'm going to align with cookies and leave the crumbs alone. I'm going to have a great life. You know, it is so worth the effort. Because you can get onto it now. 
and say it doesn't matter whether you're 20 or whether you're 70 or 80 or you've got three months left to live. It doesn't matter. It, the time is now. There is only ever the eternal moment of now and where we're at and we can change it. And that's really exciting when you realise this. So rather than if we stay stuck in our emotional entanglements in regard to being authentic, we are just going to keep creating and drawing in more of our fears, our guilt, our shame-based, our feelings of not being worthy, of not being lovable, of not being good enough because we're not walking it. You know, we're not walking it. We're going to get partners and situations that just give us more of that. So if we don't clean it up in amongst all of it, you will, as I used to do, keep playing the fantasy in our heads that somehow, somewhere, someone is going to come along and rescue you and make it all better. And I know, being really honest with myself now, that was really what I hoped before I met my narcissistic relationship because, you know, in my head, I thought I was in my power, in my body, in my emotions. I wasn't. I really wasn't. So it's really important to understand that if you're single, it's imperative for you to get comfortable and empowered enough to be real within yourself and real in your deservedness with yourself before even thinking about trying to bring a partner into your life. So what that means is with you and in everyday life, and everyday life is really, really cool because through family and work situations and friends, it provides us many versions of what we're going to be like in relationships. The only difference is you don't share a bed with these people and you don't have them in your face 24-7 and you don't have the types of expectations and demands that relationships can have. But in your everyday life where you're failing and falling down in life relationships, it's going to be showing up to you. So you get to practice getting real with yourself and being real in your environment before you even consider getting into a relationship. And that is very, very important to do. So how to do that? You know, if you're listening to this and it's resonating with you and after you write your list and you really realize, oh my gosh, I'm really not real with self yet. You know, the resources that you might want to look at for that, which are going to help you, and they do, if you've come from abusive relationships, definitely the Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Program. If you feel that you've cleaned up enough of that pain of your past, the Self-Empowerment e-course, and all of these resources are on my website, or Quantum Freedom Healing Sessions with myself are going to be your fastest, most empowered way through to get these old programs and fears sorted out, released and replaced. So what can you imagine? What would happen if you did get into a relationship without doing this work on yourself? And I know you may have lived it. I certainly know I did. When I was doing the old codependency story of maybe somebody can come along and help me feel whole and okay at my core, what happens is you're going to get a partner that's going to push your boundaries because you don't know how to implement them. You're going to try to adapt to this partner. You're going to try and fix and change them and keep them happy instead of creating and commanding your own truth. And what happens is you're going to become enmeshed, more codependent, leaves even more of a connection with yourself and your truth and end up with your heart broken when you're abandoned or abused because this person has again reflected back to you your lack of self-love, 
self-respect, and self-rights. So do you think that the relationship that you got or are going to get without getting real on an inner level is going to be real? No, of course it's not. Because if we haven't yet learnt to be real with ourselves and to walk it, be it and command it, well then we're going to get a relationship that is not real. It's going to be an illusion. And boy, does anybody who's ever had a narcissistic relationship know what this is about. Because you can't get any more fake than a narcissist. So really, what's that showing us? That we haven't got real with ourselves. That's why we've got a mirage. Who is actually going to show up to us all of our unhealed parts and, and our fears? So when we do get real enough with ourselves, we've got the ability to be able to procure a real relationship, which is going to be safe because we're going to be real to ourselves. And in order to get real with ourselves, it also means that we may need to leave a relationship. We may need to understand and believe and align with that we're an unlimited being, that our desire is the powerful creator of everything we want, as long as we're aligned to being aligned with it. So that means that if I know I deserve and believe commitment, respect, trust, real love and integrity, that means that's my desire, that's where I'm going in life, and if it turns up something that's not that, I go, no thank you, I keep walking, being that real energetic vibration of my truth, which means I will accept that and I won't accept less than, and because my desire is powerful, I'm going to create it. It is going to be in my life. We are not living on islands where there is nobody around. You know, we're not living in communities where we're separated through lack of communication with the rest of mankind. Your desire will create your reality. No, and it was like when, when I aligned with Dale. You know, we never would have crossed paths. We lived a fair distance apart. He wasn't even internet dating. I was. He had an urge to go on and look and put it, and then he saw my profile and put my, his profile up. Now, he just had an urge out of the blue. And there was like three people in that day that had said to him, have you thought about internet dating? So he's like, oh, my God. So what had happened is my soul aligning with my truth was manifesting him. He got the signal from life because we're all connected. So life was working for me to get the signal to him for him to actually get that impulse to follow it, to find me. So, you know, we're not separated. We don't have to be unaligned trying to accept less than and fix and modify it and adapt ourselves to make it work, which never does work. So when we get into relationships with real people, and this is very, very important, that we've got to be prepared to be real. And if we haven't been real with ourselves yet, that's not going to happen. So we need to have honesty. We need to have humility. We need to have truthfulness. We need to be prepared to be authentic. So this means dropping the games. And you know what used to happen when we were, you know, teenagers? We used to play games. I know I used to play heaps of games with men, you know, to try and manipulate it. But really, where was that coming from? I didn't believe I was lovable for myself. So, you know, I had to, I thought that I had to create games in order to get somebody interested in me. 
So we've got to be prepared to be truly intimate in our relationships, emotionally intimate. And intimacy means into me see. We have to be prepared to share ourselves warts and all and our emotional truthfulness with another person. Now, if we haven't done the emotional work on ourselves and learnt to support and get real with ourselves and love ourselves and know that we can preserve our own emotional integrity, well, then we might think, well, I'm just going to dump all of my insecurities on somebody and they're meant to fix it. No, that's codependency and that doesn't work. So you have to be prepared to have accepted and loved you and know how to support your own emotional insecurities in order to be able to share them healthily. So by doing this and being this, you're going to understand that whether or not your partner has the capacity to be a real and true partner with you. Now there are people out there that can come to that level, that are real, that are authentic, that are humble enough to be real with you and they're relationships that are based on trust and openness and they're very important relationships because they're safe. There's no what ifs in these relationships and you're a team in these relationships which is really what the goal of relationships is. So in order to pick a partner, now you might be listening to this show and you might go, well I'm with a partner that does not have that capacity. Now the reality is that one person changing can change another person because they can feel safe to come up into your vibration with you and to be real in your vibration with you if they've got the resources to do it. And it may take some time. So, you know, if you're with somebody that's not real, my total recommendation to you is to get real with yourself and then see if they can move up into this space with you. And if they can't, you may find that this relationship isn't your truth anymore, especially when you clean up your fears of fear of abandonment, fear of criticism, fear of not being loved. Okay? Because all of those things are actually your job to feel safe within yourself regardless if somebody else abandons you, regardless if somebody else criticizes you, and regardless if somebody else withdraws love. But if you're a source to yourself and they're not a match for you, well then, okay, that's okay. That's your reality, but it's not my reality. And in reality, that's where we need to be in relationship to ourselves in order to be able to even think about getting into healthy relationships with other people because the reality is this relationship that you get into may not be right for you and you need to be prepared to walk away or draw a boundary, be prepared to lose it all to get it all if it's not operating in a way that feels safe for you, that's not real for you. You have to draw that line in the sand. And Dale and I have both done that within this relationship. That there were aspects that we both needed to move up into for the other person to have their needs met healthily. And they were, they were reasonable commands. And you might understand I'm using the word command instead of demand. Demanding expectations don't work. Command does. Command is this is my truth. I understand it may not be yours and if it's not that's okay but it's mine and for us to walk forward into a relationship if this is your truth you can walk with me and if it's not well then I'll let you go with love because it's not your truth. That's command and command is powerful when we do that and, but when we really command truth we need to be prepared to walk it and we need to be prepared to say I'm going to meet my truth through another avenue and I release you to have your truth 
because you and I aren't on the same page with this, and that's commanding. It's very important that when you, if you are single, if you are choosing a relationship, and please, if you want a relationship, you need to be the chooser. This is not about, will he like me? It's about, will I like him? Okay, the first statement is incredibly powerless. The second one is powerful. It's important that you pick a partner healthily to have the best possible chance to have a partner that's going to be present in integrity that you can create a real relationship with. And if you've got, still got fears around this, about being a chooser or even knowing what a, part, a good partner is, the criteria, or if you have a tendency to believe that chemical attraction is your love guide, that means that you really need to sort this out. That one that I just said, chemical attraction is your love guide. That is so dangerous, incredibly dangerous. There are dozens of mistakes that people can make in choosing a healthy partner, especially women, especially women. And really... The reason, the number one reason why we have a disappointing relationship is a bad choice. Absolutely. So it's essential that you train yourself to know the difference between a good choice of partner and a bad choice of partner and you are empowered enough in that where you get a chemical reaction and you go, you know what, the other criteria don't match. I am not going to throw my heart and my body on the line and play what if. Because you do that, you're going to get hurt. 99 times out of 100, you're going to get hurt. And that one out of 100 chance is not worth the odds to play with your heart and your body and your soul and your emotions. So you need to clean that up. It was so interesting for me when I learned about empowered choices. I nearly fell off my chair and I just shook my head at myself and I actually laughed at myself. And I said, is it any one day you've been going wrong. You had no idea about this. Absolutely no idea. So I can't recommend that enough. So there is no point trying to travel a trip with somebody when you've picked a vehicle that's faulty. Because you really need, when you're doing relationships, you really, relationships are the toughest thing we'll ever do. Absolutely, they're the most rewarding, but my goodness me, they take effort, they take work, they take mindfulness. It is a journey, it is a trip, it is a journey. And you need something that is going to last on the journey walking beside you. So, because if you don't, the breakdowns that you're going to have on the journey because you picked the wrong vehicle are going to be incredibly devastating. And I know that there are so many women that have even been programs of, well, I'm so damaged, I'm so unlovable, I'm going to pick somebody really needy with a whole heap of problems because at least he's going to want to stay with me. Wrong. If somebody doesn't know how to love themselves, support themselves and look after themselves, how on earth are they going to look after you? And if they don't know how to value themselves, how are they going to value you? And if they don't feel worthy, how are they going to see you as worthy? That is just a recipe of how to lose. So that goes out the window. It's not about choosing faulty partners. Because no matter how faulty you are, they're going to give you exactly faulty. It's just going to blow up in your face. 
So that's just, just not the way to go. So in order to understand and train yourself effectively, and this is after, after you get real with yourself, and getting real with yourself is what are my fears? Why am I standing up? Why don't I know my needs and my values? Why don't I command them? Why don't I walk them? Why don't I value myself? Why do I feel guilty? Why do I feel shameful? Why do I keep handing my power over? You've got to clean all of that up. Once you clean that up, and if you're single or if you're leaving a relationship because you realize that this relationship isn't right for you, well then you need to train yourself effectively on how to choose a healthy partner. It's so important. And my recommendation for that is if you don't know how to do that, have a look at another one of my resources, which is the Empowered Love Creation e-course. It's all there. And then you're going to learn how to choose and create love mindfully in order to have the best platform, in order to have the right relationship. Now, it's really important that when you're in a love relationship, and this is part of humility and vulnerability and being real, you're not perfect. You're not perfect. And how refreshing to know that you don't have to be perfect to be loved. You don't have to have a magnificent meal on the table. You don't have to have a spotless house. You don't have to keep all of your crap to yourself. You don't have to not, never have an insecurity and be the yes woman all the time. You don't, you don't have to be any of that. You are allowed to be loved for you. And the gorgeous thing is, is when you love you for you, a lot of the things that you didn't like about yourself are actually going to heal. Because it's when we don't like things about ourselves and we push them aside, we don't want to own them, we keep beating ourselves up in our head and then we adapt ourselves to try and be all of these things to compensate for it, we're a non-integrated broken being. And what will happen is we will keep defaulting to back to acting out all of the things that we abuse ourselves about. We're never going to heal them. So when we go to our insecurities and our fears and our stuff, and please know they're very normal. We've come from a society conditioning for centuries that has created us as codependent, empty and broken and guilt-based. We've been messes. So we've all got this stuff going on. So when you go in there and start realizing it and stop being ashamed of it and go, okay, that's why I do that. I know that. Just being present with yourself and accepting them is loving you. It's gorgeous. You're absolutely validating yourself and you're going to start healing. So you can start healing. You can start feeling better about you. You can unconditionally love yourself. You know, I still can have abandonment triggers and I've done a lot of work on myself. You know, they used to be horrendous and literal and just crippling for me. Now they're a dull roar. But you know, the thing is, is about loving myself is I know that that still has a weak link for me as it does for many women. I know I can be real about it to my partner and I know I can own it as my stuff and then I know that by being real and humble to myself and him about it that not only am I supporting myself with it that he actually gives me more of that as well. That he helps support me with that as well and that's the beautiful thing about being real and being humble and being honest and having made a great enough choice in a relationship to have a partner present with integrity that can come with you to that level. Because 
part of not being perfect, what a relief. I don't know about you, but I've spent years trying to be perfect. And oh my goodness, that is just so exhausting. It is so gorgeous and beautiful to be imperfect. I love it. And I love owning myself on that. And it can even be funny sometimes. You know, but the thing is, when we know we're not perfect, you're human. You're going to have insecurities, you're going to have triggers, you're going to have fears in relationships. Especially if you've come from previously abusive relationships, you are going to have triggers. You're going to have fear. And you know what was really beautiful in my relationship and how it started off with Dale? You know, I knew that. I'd had three and a half years on my own. Then I had a one-year relationship that was with a semi-narcissist that I broke off and stood in my power, which was fantastic, and that was empowering. And then I got into my relationship with Dale. Now, in my relationship with Dale, there was a level of intimacy and realness and closeness that I hadn't had before because it was real, and that was confronting. And also, too, what was fascinating about my relationship with Dale, there was many things about the previous narcissist that were the illusions that I loved. Back then I loved. There were so many things about his personality that were just spot on for me. And, you know, when, when Dale came into my life, his personality was the same on so many levels and that was really quite scary because it was like, okay, well, am I looking at the good version, the real version of this, or am I getting tricked again? You know, and a lot of fear came up with that. So I really had to go back to a lot of the things that I knew about narcissistic behavior. I knew about red flags and they weren't showing up. They really weren't. But also, too, it was about being very real with Dale. And right from the start, I said, and he understood my relationship and he read my book and he knew what I'd been through. And it was about saying to him, I'm going to have triggers, but what I'll do with these triggers, if I can resolve them and let them go and be at peace with them myself, I will. I'll deal with them, I'll handle them because they're mine and they're my responsibility. If I need help with them and there's something I'm still fearful about, I want to bring them up to you and I want to discuss them with you. And he was comfortable with that. He was really comfortable. And I said to him, this is the format I'm going to do. And I'm going to say to him something like, as when you said this, Dale, I had a trigger, or when you did this, Dale, I had a trigger, I know this could just be my stuff, so could you please just confirm to me what was going on for you or what you meant when you said that or when you did that. And that was our formula. And what was very, very important for me was to stay in love, to stay in honesty, to own the trigger, to say, I know this might just be myself and this isn't sitting right with me, so can you just help me out with this? You know, and sticking to that formula worked beautifully really beautifully because this was a man in integrity. This wasn't a man trying to get me off balance. This wasn't a man trying to garnish information about my path to use as ammunition and as a weapon against me, which is what narcissists do. And what was great was being, and I knew I needed to do that. I knew I needed to share my authentic, truthful self with him. I also knew that if that narcissistic behavior started, it was time to leave. And I was very, very clear about that that I was not going to go down that track again. And it didn't. Of course it didn't. You know, I had somebody with integrity, with compassion, and being a man sometimes, of course, and if you've read Mars, Venus, I suggest that a lot, and if you've never read Mars, Venus, go out and get it. John Gray. It's just a great manual. You know, men can personalize. My girl's not feeling okay. There, it must be my fault. 
And, you know, sometimes knowing that, I would have to say, please, I really don't want you to take this on and think it's your fault. This is really my past and my stuff. And it's not you. It's not you. You know, I just needed to confirm that so that he felt comfortable to engage and to be supportive and to work this out between us. So we had to do a fair bit of that because I've come from an abusive relationship. Absolutely. So for those of you that are struggling from painful love and needing to heal yourself and get authentic and real with yourself, it's so important that when you go into relationships that you are real and authentic. You do it with ownership. You're prepared to take responsibility and work on your triggers. And then if you need help, don't sit with it, don't bottle it, and don't let resentment build. Because our mind is so good at creating stories. And this can go from, you know, and your partner needs to understand this too, that if you both rise into authenticity, we all know the expression, creating mountains out of molehills. And what do you think happens in relationships when you sit on something? You start creating this whole head story around it which will be to do with your triggers it'll be to do with your past you've never clarified it with your partner and before you know it all of this separation resentment has has created through bubbling so relationships to work have got to be real they've got to be authentic and I just really really help with all of this information that I'm getting giving you today that you can understand how important it is to set yourself up as authentic with you first because you can't get it right with a partner if you haven't got it right with yourself. That's just very logical and it's also energetic reality. You know, at a law of attraction level, it's not possible. Now, if you know that you are struggling with being on your own, you are terrified about being on your own, you've got huge survival fears about being on your own, that's step number one. You've got to sort that out because you're not going to get a safe relationship until you have that sorted out. So, you know, and we can do quick fix constantly hoping something's going to work for us, but it is not going to work. It's not going to get you to where you need to be. So I hope that's helped, getting authentic with self, and then the next step is knowing the choice of a partnership or if you're in an existing partnership, creating a template of authenticity and seeing if your partner can come up and meet you at that space and if not, creating boundaries. And they're either going to step up or they're going to step out. And if you're single, making sure you know how to choose a partner. And then, of course, you've got to do work in the relationship about being authentic. So that's it. That's my show on why you're authentic is so safe. And really, the one sentence answer to why is your authentic self so safe because it creates an authentic relationship. Anything else is unsafe. It's totally and completely vital. So I hope that's helped. And what you can do, any of the resources that I mentioned today on the show, go to my website, www.melanietoniaevans.com and all of the resources are there. You can look them up and you can see what you can start doing to turn this all around for yourself. So I hope you enjoyed the show and thank you for the people in the chat room that have been listening and go forth and get real, get real. It is so much better. Lots of love and bye-bye. See you next week.